Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, we're going to be looking at. You know, I was going to preach something else tonight, but you know, the Lord just been dealing with me. I actually started dealing with me this morning about something different. And I was like, well, we'll just give it a shot anyhow. Amen. I like to try things out on Wednesday night crowd because it really don't matter, right? Just kidding. We don't have too many visitors on Wednesday night. But in all seriousness, you know, I was thinking about the message title is going to be Distinction. Distinction. You know, that definition for that is excellence that sets someone or something apart from others. You know, God's called us to be a different people. Amen? Amen. You know, I used to be really different. I still am different at times. Amen. And I was talking, called some of you might be donkeys this morning. I was talking about myself. I was thinking about me more than anything else. Because, you know, I was thinking, and I'll try not to get emotional, but back in 1990, you know, because of Heather, she wouldn't date me unless I come to church. And that's when the ladies, the girls had to go to one class and the boys had to go to another class. For some reason or another, I went to the sanctuary for Bible study. And you know, in and out of church all my life, really didn't believe much of it to start with because I thought it was weird and different anyhow. But I said, Terry Trammell was preaching. I said, Lord, you know, I want you to do something in my life that I will never be the same again. That I'll never want to go back to where I was at. Be careful what you pray for. Because I went through it after that. But I'm thinking, because December 11th, 1990, I got saved. But you know, I was, I'm not going to tell you where I was at and what happened and all the turn of events. But the Lord transformed my life and turned it around. And you know, God has been good to me. And he's had a future for me like I've never believed, dreamed before. Now, of course, things didn't work out like I thought they was going to work out. Anybody's plans worked out? They really, they generally don't. Amen. But you got to plan on something. Amen. Where there's no vision, the people perish, but happy is he who keeps the law of the Lord. Amen. So, you know, I was thinking, thinking this morning, you know, how things are. And I'll be honest with you, a few years ago, I just got tired of church. Anybody, anybody got there? I mean, just, it seemed like one thing after the other, and you know, that's when I told you I was going to do my own thing. You don't tell God you're going to do your own thing, amen? Because you end up feeding the pigs, see, and taking care of the pigs. We won't be talking about the pigs, we'll be living with the pigs if you're not careful. But you know, I was thinking about that, and just thinking about the looks on people's faces when you come into church, and how involved we are in church, and how t- weary we are. And how frustrated we are. Amen? Anybody with me? I know I'm telling the truth. And you know, I'm just thinking about what the Lord has done and He's done in my life and what He's still wanting to do because God is still on the throne. I actually heard a study today that, you know, the average pastor stays two years at his church, then he picks up all his sermons and he goes somewhere else and preaches them sermons. And he don't do it because that's all he's got. But he does it because the, the survey went on to say that people are just not interested anymore. People's just not committed anymore. And you know, I've said it before, you know, the Bible says in the last days there would be a great falling away. And I'm, I'm convinced we have fallen away. Amen? Because some of the churches that started the holiness sanctification movement for us, amen, 
They're the farthest thing away from holiness there ever is. Amen. And it's and that's just the way we're living. And, that, and I've heard people say, well, that's just the way people are and it's going to be okay. No, it's not okay. Amen. Because we've got a generation that don't really know what Pentecost is anymore. We've got a generation that don't know what holiness is. And we've got a bunch of folks that's growing up that's not being called into ministry anymore. And if they do go to ministry, they go to church church schools now that cost so much for them to go to school that when they get out, they got to get three jobs to pay for the tuition. Amen? And I mean, that tuition stuff hit home last year of mine. Thank God she got sanctified and moved on somewhere else, but anyhow. And became a good Republican too. Nah, ain't no such thing. Amen. But you know, God has called us. We're distinct people. Amen. We're excellent, set apart. Amen. God has called us and he's transformed. And I'm not going to be long-winded tonight because I only got three points and I don't have a whole lot to go with those three points because I'm trying to slow down. As J.B. Wagner told me about five years ago, get away from your nose and let God have his way. Amen. But 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who have have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may be by your good works, which they observe. Glorify God in the day of visitation. God has called us to be a distinct people. Or as the King James says, we're peculiar people. Amen. And used to, we used to think, when you hear peculiar, yeah, that's kind of a nice way of saying that fellow's weird, ain't it? Let's be honest, we are different, amen? At least I hope you're different. Because the Bible says he called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He called us out. So we not go back and do the things that we used to do. Because the Bible says he who knows him and goes back is like a dog that returns to his vomit. And you know, there's nothing no nastier than that. But God has called us. And a lot of times we come to church and, and I'll be just yet to be a pastor, amen? But one day, so I study these things and I look at these things. And a lot of times it's like, what can I do to help people? Because my heart is, is to help people get beyond where you're at. Because I'll be honest with you, people are miserable. And if you don't believe me, I ought to carry a record, tape recorder with me tomorrow at work. Because Monday mornings are the worst. I've never seen so many people that hated life, hated their jobs. And I'll be honest with you, I'm glad to go to work. Because one, it pays the bills, amen, I like to eat every day. But more than anything else, the Bible says, whatever you find your hand, do do it with all your might as unto the Lord. I'm not doing what I thought I wanted to do, but God's got me doing something else. So while I'm there, I might as well enjoy it. And might as well get in and do it. Because God has called us to be a distinct people. He's called us to go into the marketplace. He's called us to go into the world and make a difference. And I've found in my own life, if I'm not working for the kingdom, then I'm not going to be satisfied. 
Because when I'm not working for the kingdom and thinking about kingdom things, all I'm concerned about is consuming for me. And y'all know what consuming gets you into, don't you? I've said it many times, we got garages and basements and buildings full of junk. And we got bills upon bills because we couldn't afford to buy those things and we couldn't wait on the Lord. So we go buy all this stuff that we think we need, but then after a while we don't need it, but we still got to pay for it. And we still got to deal with it. God has not called us to be that way. But Jesus did tell us not to go sell everything you got and go hide in a mountain. He says, occupy till I come. What I'm saying to you tonight, we got to start thinking different. We got to start looking at things different. We're not where we used to be anymore. Amen. We got a new pastor and hopefully he stays more than two to five, ten years, whatever. Because I figure it's going to be at least 25 more years before I'm ready to pastor anything. But anyhow, and if another one leaves, I'm going with them. But any, but what are we doing? You know, I, I, they're sending out bullets, and I try to talk to you. I try to encourage you about being donkeys and God using donkeys. And we have no excuses because God can use each and every one of us. And he wants to use us. That was his plan to start with. He didn't call all the fabulous people into ministry. Look at the 12 ordinary men that the Bible talks about that he used the disciples. They were just ordinary people. They were fishermen, tax collectors. They just live in their ordinary lives. But the distinction with that is they encountered the risen Lord. Amen. And they let the Holy Ghost transform and change their lives. God has called us to go into the marketplace. He's called us to go in the world and make a difference. But he says he wants us to do it in his anointing. Amen. And I said all of that is, what are you doing with your life? Now, I know some of you might be past 50, 60, 70. Some of you might be even 80. But thanks God, y'all still here. Amen. We're still moving. We're still working. You know, we're a people of distinction. One point is that we've been anointed. He said, I called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. And whoever God calls, he appoints and he anoints. Amen. It's that anointing that convicts our hearts and transforms us and allows us to come to the altar of salvation. Now, as Preacher Green preached this week, he said, do you remember when and where? Amen. Do you remember? I remember. Amen. Terry Trammell come to where I was at, December 11th, 1990. And, he, and I prayed the prayer. And you know, I had folks, I had a lot of encouraging people. They said, well, if that's your mindset, you're going to fail again. And you're going to be back right where you was at. You know, I got kind of serious about it. I mean, I started toting my Bible a little bit, started reading my Bible. And I lost a lot of friends because of it. But you know what? When God begins to do something, people's going to run away from you. Amen. You know, it's something about that anointing in your life when the anointing is there. And whether we realize or not, whether we, and sometimes it's Pentecostals, we think if we're anointing, we're full of the Holy Ghost, we're going to speak in tongues and run around and be happy all the time. That's not the way it is all the time. When God saves your soul and you yield your life, God begins to work in your life. And that anointing begins to follow your life and begins to do things and transforms your life. And where the anointing of God is, the devil has to flee. And the enemies of the devil is going to... The, the, the people of the devil that live like the devil, they're not going to be around you, amen? And you say, well, well, how am I supposed to go preach to people? When you ask the Lord to give you opportunities and you start living your life 
like you anointed and you sanctified and you filled with Holy Ghost. When you start living your life, people's going to see there's a difference. As we read in our hearing that by your good works, they'll see that there's a God, that there's holiness, that there's a difference in your life. Church, we can't do it without the anointing. Like a preacher said this morning, you know what, if he, we can come here and sing and we can do all this stuff, but if anointing don't come, we're wasting our time. But thanks be unto God, His Word says, if two or three are gathered in my name, He said, I will show up in your midst. Amen? So I ask you tonight, are you living your life like anointing one? You know, sometimes we think that because you're Preachers, they call, they're the ones, they're the holy ones, they're the anointed ones. God says He calls everybody. He anoints everybody. I thank God that we're not Roman Catholics. Amen? I thank God I don't have to go to an imperfect human priest to tell him my problems and tell him what I've done. Because we go to the high priest. Amen? The Bible says He's called us to be a royal priesthood. He's called us to be a kingdom of priests and priestesses. He's called us. And he's anointed us to do it. You've got to learn in your own way to start learning to walk in that anointing. And we think that anointing is just for church service. Well, I need the anointing in the world more than I do church. Amen. I know church folks can be mean sometimes, but I need the anointing because the devil, my adversary, he's a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. But thanks be unto God, when you're anointed, the right, that lion has no teeth. Amen. He can't do nothing to you that God won't allow. Amen. And if he does anything God allows, he says, God said, I'm going to give you the power to do it. And I'm going to give you the power to overcome it, to sustain it. We're a peculiar people, this people of distinction. He's anointed us. Secondly, he's chosen us. You know, back in school, I liked to play football. I didn't get no football scholarship. But I learned to run because I got hit one time. And I decided I have a great aversion to pain. And I learned to run when they was coming at me. But I'll be honest with you, I didn't want to hold the ball. Y'all laugh if you want to. You go get hit in your side a couple times and you <gasps> can't breathe. And your coach is kicking you, hitting you in the head. Get up, boy. And using explorative we can't use no more. Especially sanctified people would not be using. Amen. So, you know what, in the world's vision, in the world, things, the world, I didn't get chose much. But think about this. Y'all think about this. God's chosen each and every one of us. Whosoever will, amen? He's chosen us. And He's chosen us to be a part of the great scheme of things that He's doing, amen? So, this goes back to this morning when I was talking about, you know, Sunday school teachers, helpers, whatever. Whatever needs to be done. God's chosen us. But more than anything else, he's chosen us to be his people. Think about that for a second. You know, we look at the Kardashians and we look at all them other crazy people. If you look at it, they got more problems than we got. Amen. And all these reality shows, that's not reality. I met a gentleman, I worked with him years, 20-something years ago. Well, he was on wife swap about 15 years ago. Well, actually, he came to work. He actually had to call him in to come look at some, some issues we was having. I said, I remember you. You was on wife swap. What in the world? Well, he told me all that stuff was scripted. They paid him $20,000 to do it. I said, well, how is your wife? He said, we got divorced after. 
No, no, that's the truth. I said, I'm sorry to hear that. He said, no, I'm not sorry. I'm glad it happened. And you think about that. I pick, I pick all time on my wife. And, you know, I, I like my wife. I love my wife most. I love all time. Sometimes she don't like me as much as I like her. But, you know, a divorce is a sin, so I'm not divorcing my wife. Amen? But honestly, though, God chose us. And he's chosen us to be a part of what he's doing. Where are you at in your life today? Just like your speaker this morning. You see somebody in need, help them out. God's chosen you to be a part of that. And I've discovered in my own life, doing little things opens up doors for other things. And going back to talking about all the great preachers and leaders in the world and, and, and Christian today, they said the number one issue with those ones that's in great, got great churches and all these great ministries is concerned that someone else is going to take it away from them. You know what? It's God's church. He said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell is not going to prevail against it. Amen? He's called us to be a part of what he's doing. And we've always got to remember it's him that we're lifting up. Amen? We're not lifting up the music program. We're not lifting up the pastor. We're not lifting up the buildings. We're not lifting up anything. We're lifting up Christ. And Christ said, if I'm lifted up, then I will draw men unto myself. Amen? If we're not lifting up Christ, if we're not drawing people, we're missing the mark. And that goes back to your place. You're chosen. What are you doing with it? We're distinct people, peculiar people. And then thirdly, blessed tonight. Amen. You know, I was talking the other day, you know, I remember back when you buy a gallon of gas for a dollar. You go to the hot spot in Greenville, South Carolina and get three hot dogs for a dollar. And you get a 64-ounce drink for 59 cents. Man, them was the days. And I was like, wow. This was good. A snicker bar for 50 cents. Anybody remember those good old days? You know, stuff was pretty good. But then I think back, I wouldn't make it but $3.35 an hour. I was like, I ain't making much more than that now. Amen? But anyhow... You got three girls at your house, you ain't going to have much. But God has blessed us. And God has given us many great things in this world. But I promise you, and I go back to back in 1990, one thing I've got that God has blessed me with more than I've got joy and I've got hope. Amen? Amen. Now he says that's the greatest thing we as Christians all should have. Amen? Look at Job. You know, he lost everything. But yet he didn't lose his hope in God. He struggled with it. Even his wife said, won't you just curse God and die? I mean, that's, that's no hope in this world's standards. But God has blessed us. Think about where you're at. Think about your blessings. Amen. He's called us. We're distinct people. We're a chosen people. What are you doing with what God has given you tonight? Where are you walking at today? You know, I, told, I remember years ago I preached about my midlife crisis when I turned 40. In Bible school and Southwestern, I, took, I had all these dreams and I had all these plans to do great things with God. And I still struggle with one thing in my life. I was determined God told me to build a church in Boone. Well, it never happened. And I still struggle with that. And I don't understand why. 
And I'll ask God every once in a while, but you know, past is past, amen? But I remember one day, I was 40 years old, and I was in the recliner, laid back, and I noticed my belly's growed a little bit. And I was looking at my belly, and my Heather told me, she said, honey, you're 40 now. She was encouraging me, or crying one, I'm not sure. And I said, and I got to thinking, all those things that I thought I was going to do, and those things I was going to accomplish, I didn't accomplish them, Amen. But God still blessed me. He's still working. He's still moving. And the great thing about God is when you fail, you repent, get up, and go again. And one thing, one door closed, you go knock on something else. Amen? God is moving us. And I believe God does things in our lives. I believe God brings people into our lives. And I believe God He takes people out of our lives. And life is hard and life's full of struggles. But sometimes we need to learn to slow down, don't we? We need to realize where's the purpose, where's the hope, what are we doing? Too many times I've got, I've got my goals set and I just want to reach the goal, forget about the journey. Just, just get, let's get to the end. One day I might be 70, I might be 80. And if I've just run through life and never did anything, what's the point? God's blessed us. And God's doing works in our lives. But I ask you tonight, not only encourage people to take notes, but I just want you to write these things down. You're anointed. You're chosen. You're blessed. You're peculiar people. And I want to encourage you to begin in your prayer life, asking God, help me see these things in my life. Help me realize these things in my life because I promise you, your life will transform. Because in the midst of all my mess-ups and goof-ups and whatever, and not sure what was going on, God was right there anyhow. You realize that God's got His hand on us regardless we realize it or not? Because He's working and He's moving. He's wanting to transform us. If Sister Rhonda would come, I want to close with something. There's four things in the prayer ministry that we do. First of all is worship. Sing unto the Lord from heart God's Word. Secondly is warfare. There's always battles raging, church. The enemy's trying to devour us. He's trying to destroy us. He's trying to mess up your life, mess up your family. Always trying to distract you. There's a warfare. That's why the Bible tells us that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but we're fighting against the principalities. And the only way we can have the, win the war is on our knees. Amen? Is in the Word of God, transforming our mind, changing what's going on up here. Thirdly, there's an awakening. God will awaken your spirit and your church if you'll get on board. Amen? Fourthly, there's walking. Falling after God, chasing His presence, pursuing, seeking. Life can be tough. It's hard to move forward. But realize... We can have authority over the strong man. Amen? Let us stand. I close with a story. Dr. David Jeremiah tells about this man in 1983. There was a big race. There's a mega man triathlon, if you will. And they was, they was racing 544 miles. Here are all these young men. They all buff and armored, got their uniforms on, got their sponsors, got the right shoes, got everything. 
Well, here comes a 61-year-old man. And he's wearing his overalls. He's got them rubber galoshes over top of his work boots. Got the big old sunshade hat on. And he goes to sign up for the race. They started laughing at him. They thought it was a joke. They said, well, we'll humor you. Let him sign him up. Give him a number. And he went on up there. Before the race started, people started mocking him, laughing. Everybody thought it was a joke. And people really started laughing. Papa Fry, he used to shuffle his feet. Well, that's how this man started running. He had little strokes, slow stride, and everybody left him. But here he goes, keeps going. Ten hours before the second one crossed the finish line, he crossed the finish Ten hours early. It's a five-day race. Well, how did you do that? My life, he said, I couldn't afford a horse. So I chased them suckers all night long, all day and all night. He said, I just stayed with them. And I asked him, they said, well, how did you finish ten hours early? Didn't you stop and rest and sleep? He said, well, no. I thought this was a continuous race there. He said, I didn't quit. He said, I just kept going. While all the rest of them that plan, they let their fatigue cause them to stop and rest a minute. But the farmer just kept going. And he finished the race. He won the race. We're in a journey today. And we get tired and we get struggled and we have problems. But you know what? God uses every bit of that to use us for his glory. And one day we're going to finish strong. Amen. One day we're going to cross the finish line. And God's going to be glorified. And everybody that ever ridiculed you for your faith and for your life. And then they didn't ever accept Christ. They're going to pay a horrible price for it. Because one day every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. I encourage you tonight. I beg you tonight. Begin to ask God, how can I transform my life? Well, let me allow you to change my life, Lord. Because this church can go forward. Amen. There's already something going on. Amen. There's already a different attitude and a different spirit. Amen. There's already been souls saved and lives transformed. God is doing something. God's not dead. God's not done with us. Amen.